This is the final word. T20 World Cup Daily Day 10. Bleeding into Day 11. Australia playing Sri Lanka in the late night spectacular at Perth Stadium. Jeff Lemon and Bharat Sundaresan with you because, Bharat, you're at the ground and uh, Adam and I elected not to pay the $10,000 <laughs> that it now costs to fly from Melbourne to Perth to watch one game of cricket. We decided that would be excessive. Um, uh, a little like Pat Cummins suggested, it might be excessive to go there to play one game, but they have once again gone there to play one game. The Daily is brought to you by Seabus Super, making your hard work pay off. And you did the hard work today, Barrett, all the way over there watching that game. And now you're going to do the hard work of trying to explain that match for everybody in 30 seconds or less. All right, here we go. It was a late night start for the East Coast. Match didn't start before 10 p.m. And the Australians started off looking a little ratty, looking a little sloppy. Sri Lanka took advantage, put runs on the board. And when it was Australia's turn, Aaron Finch struggled and struggled and struggled before Glenn Maxwell came out and bailed his former housemate out before Marcus Stoinis then came and turned into the Hulk and smashed Australia towards their first victory in this World Cup. I think that was 30 seconds. I think you've actually really? done it. Yeah, yes. remarkable. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you are refining your process much like Marcus Stoinis used to be a slow starter. Not a slow starter anymore. I mean, maybe maybe we'll come to that bit in a minute. But I, I thought this was an absolute belter of a game of cricket. This, you know, I mean, Sri Lanka, they've been hot and cold through the qualifying stages. They were uh, hot. They were cold at the start of the Asia Cup, went on to win the whole bloody thing. They were really good when Australia went to visit Sri Lanka earlier in the year. You know, they're, my theory is Sri Lanka are the new Pakistan. You know, Pakistan are actually a pretty consistent cricket team. They have been for the last 10 years, 10 or, 10 or 12 years. And Sri Lanka are now the team that can do outrageous, wonderful things and can be absolutely dreadful and can do it uh, one game after the other. This was fun. It was fun tonight. The, the, the Australian quicks, they got bashed around by Finn Allen the other night, but they... They each bowled really well at times during the power play. I mean, Josh Hazelwood's first over was terrific. Um, he got hit a little bit after that. Uh, Pat Cummins picks up the wicket of Kusal Mendes in the second over of the game. And then Mitchell Stark, I'm still not used to seeing Mitchell Stark bowl first change, but coming on after four overs, he was still getting the ball to swing and he was doing his classic swing it in to the right-hander and then angle it across. And they could not hit him. He bowled two overs for six runs. Um, and and they just couldn't find a way to score off him, and had to find a way to score off uh, off other players, but principally off Marcus Stoinis um, and a little bit of Hazelwood in his second and third overs. But you know, it was it was a fun, tense, fast bowling kind of start to the show. Yeah, uh, and it was like the way cricket should be in Perth: fast, bouncy pitch, and the uh, ball had incredible carry. Uh, in the early few overs, when Hazelwood and Cummins were bowling, you could see Matthew Wade was collecting balls really high up, at times well over his head, well over his shoulder, uh, and, and which is what we're used to. And I bumped into Callum Ferguson, um, who was doing some commentary, and he said that. He said that this pitch uh, is slightly different to what you find at the WACA. The WACA, apparently the ball used to just like jump on you. This is more spongy bounce, which is why you could see like even more elevation after the ball would land uh, on, on, a, on a hard length. 
uh, and it wasn't easy. And you're right, it was a much uh, more interesting game than a lot of us expected it to be. Uh, we expected Australia to to win, even though Sri Lanka came into this tournament uh, acclimatized, having played uh, those games in Geelong and having beaten Ireland. But uh, you didn't know what kind of match it would be. We expected Sri Lanka to maybe scratch around, make some runs, and then Australia to cruise home, which eventually happened, but it didn't happen. If you look mm. at the scorecard a few years later, you'd think it was a very straightforward win for Australia. But such bizarre things happened, like Australia taking 44 balls in their innings to find their first boundary, which was strange. Um, and e even the way the Sri Lankan innings panned out, you're right, the fast bowlers started off, Australian fast bowlers started off really well. Um, and there were the, the early wicket. And once, when you're playing against the Sri Lankan team and you can get their opener out with the short ball in these conditions, you think that you kind of hadn't gotten into their head and you can use that short ball over and over mm. again and get more wickets, which is what Australia tried. But I thought that partnership between Patum uh, Nisanka and Dhananjay De Silva was... Uh, was really impressive. And uh, honestly, they played the middle overs as well as um, anyone has uh, in this tournament. I, I bumped into Chris Silverwood just before his press conference after the game. And, and that's that's what uh, I told him as well. Like, you know, the number of twos that they picked up uh, was super impressive. And that's what he said as well. Without mm -hmm. the power of a Stoinis or a Tim David, that's going to be, a, be their approach. And it worked out. Australia looked strangely flat I couldn't put get my head around what what it was. Something hmm. didn't seem right. They they almost felt a little uh, at some levels grumpy. People were getting angry with each other. At one point, Aaron Finch was angry that the helmet wasn't brought out on time, and he wanted Ashton. Aaron Finch was angry him. all night. I mean, Aaron Finch oh, he was furious. He he was he he misfield and he was punching the ground. He was angry when he was batting. You could just hear him yelling at himself through the stump microphones. He was mostly angry at Aaron Finch. Yeah, oh, true, absolutely, throughout the day. And, uh, and even some of the others, uh, you know, Pat Cummins dropped that catch and uh, he went for a lot of runs in his last tour. He just didn't look like himself. Mm. Mitchell Stark started off really well. Uh, a couple of times he got angry with Dananjay De Silva for leaving his crease. Um, a lot of people speculated online that that wasn't the case, but uh, as it turns out, it was the case. Uh, I, I know there have been people who have uh, cut out clips and uh, shown that Dananjay De Silva was within his crease. So again, it adds to the whole um, erratiness of this Australian team. So mm. whatever Stark saw, uh, he felt that Dananjay was leaving his crease too early and he made it a point to just let him know that he wasn't happy. And then nothing nothing came off it, honestly. It wasn't mm. even like a warning. It was more like, a, just stay inside your crease or whatever he wanted to say to him. <laughs> um and yeah, I mean, umpire Erasmus, for those of you wondering, on TV, you might have seen Erasmus signal for the uh, ground staff to come in and sort out the the, uh, the uh, footmarks or where the bowlers land, uh, landing spot. That was for the other end. So it had nothing to do with Stark. Mm. So it was just generally a very e performance by Australia. They just felt like it felt they felt <laughs> like a team which were being bothered by the Perth, famous Perth flies, even though there were no flies. They just looked right. very angsty with, with everything that was happening. Uh, it didn't help maybe that Adam Zampa... Maybe they were bothered by having to win, you know, like by the pressure that mm. they're under. They, they they pretty much... They have to win every every game, really, from here. You know, if if they lose to England, they could they could probably still scrape through. But if if they lose to anyone else, they're in real trouble. 
Oh, very much so. And I think that net run rate thing, even though they said we weren't bothered about it, was definitely playing playing on their mind. Uh, and, and then to lose Adam Zampa overnight to COVID, and and it's a tricky mm. one, right? At least the last year, someone gets COVID, that's it. You know, it's uh, there's no chance. Yeah. Here, Ashton Agar said later that he found out last evening that he's going to play. But even going into today, if he had felt a little better, Adam Zampa could have played. Um, so that didn't help. You know, he's mm. played such a key role for them. So all that just added to, I think, Australia being a little and uh, a little <laughs> eh, but <laughs> it's late they, at they night. were both both ooh and air. Eh. Okay, eh, so yeah, yeah. so, so Zampa Zampa missed out with COVID, even though under the regulations now mm. he would be allowed to play because it's a non-contact sport. So they've decided that that's okay with everybody vaccinated and so on. Presumably that he's he's allowed to play like Talia McGrath played in the Com Games, but. Mm. Um, they elected not to. So it was that partnership, Nasanka and Dunanjaya, that you're talking about. They get Sri Lanka up to 75 in the 12th over. And then Dunanjaya hits one into the deep, gets caught uh, off the bowling of Agar to give him a wicket. And there's a collapse that follows five for 45, I think mm. it was. Um, a few big mows to the deep. A, a ridiculous run out from Nisanka, who, who did get dropped by Cummins and then immediately just ran yeah. himself out, hit the ball straight to point and ran. Um, Mitchell Marsh was about three metres away at point and just lobbed it in. So, And, and then it looked like they were going to tank the innings. Um, and then it was Asalanka doing a job again. 38 of 25 balls, and he gets a bit of help from Chamika Karunaratna, who likes to have a slog of the ball at eight. So they get up to 157, and you think, look, Australia should piss this in. You know, this is oh. this is the kind of total they should comfortably chase, particularly when Benura Fernando goes off the field yeah. with a hamstring injury after bowling the first five balls of the innings. Can't, can't even finish his first over. And it's not like a big, owie kind of one. He just has a bit of a grimace and... and touches the hamstring and, and walks off. So you think they're in strife, right? And then then things just turn around completely. Karuna Ratna and uh, Lahiru Kumara come in and just bowl like demons. Like they mm. just steam in and they bash the ball into the pitch and they get bounce and they pitch it up here and there and they get seam movement and they get swing. And Finch and Warner cannot hit the ball. Like they got 15 runs off the bat in the first four overs, and they were all off the edge. And then there were a few, you know, leg buys and um, buys from the ball cutting around off the seam. Like it was jagging back and cutting both players in half consistently. It was decking away and beating the outside edge. It was taking inside edges into pad, and they're scrambling through for a single here and a two there. It was so uncomfortable um, out there. It was genuinely difficult batting, and they get through those first four overs. And the spinner comes on, Tikshana, and Warner hits him straight to cover. And suddenly you're thinking, well, hang on. I mean, Sri Lanka could, they could pull the rug out from under Australia here. Oh, very much so. Um, the one wicket I kept telling everyone around me uh, that Sri Lanka needed was Warner early. Because then the question was, like we discussed after the last Australia game, who who's the glue batter in that side? Who's going to do the play the Steve Smith role and kind of the Virat Kohli role and just hang in there to take them home? As it turned out, it was Aaron Finch in a very unique, strange fashion. Mm. He did he he was the glue player. Like you know, he held the innings together, uh, even if at times he didn't look like he could hold his <laughs> own bat together. <laughs> Inadvertently, perhaps he he sort of held it together 
by accident. I mean, he yeah. he, he led, led a charmed life out there, got dropped a couple of times, um, did not hit one out of the middle all night, you know, was was pretty much running on singles. He ended up with 31 from 42 balls and batted through the innings. Yeah, but I have to say this about the Benura Fernando injury as well. Like, adding to the whole bizarreness of the night, he had just flown in as a replacement uh, for one of the many fast bowlers that they've lost, right? Mm. Dusmanta Chamira, yep. which is a sad story. I mean, Dusmanta Chamira, if you remember, Jeff wasn't allowed to play the Test Series against Australia because they were keeping mm -hmm. him uh, fresh for the T20 World Cup. I shouldn't be smiling, but I'd never heard of any team do that. And then for him to like yeah. break down in that second game and just like walk away, uh, just says how badly affected Sri Lanka have been in this World Cup. But Binura Fernando, like like you said, it, it wasn't like a like an, an obvious injury. He bowled his fifth ball, and then mm. he just started walking off. He almost looked like someone who just uh, you know flown somewhere for a day trip or. A, couple of day trips that has this very light check-in bag baggage that he needs to pick up from the carousel and just walk off he had that mm. expression and he had that walk you know like right. he was just uh he already has booked the cab pre-booked so it's waiting for uh -huh. him outside uh -huh. everything is sorted so he didn't look like a fast bowler who's injured and grimacing and walking off it, it, that's <laughs> what he looked like he looked, looked like someone on a business trip um and then, yeah, Dananjay De Silva has to finish that over like he seems to do. I think I've seen Dananjay De Silva finish more overs for injured fast bowlers than any mm -hmm. bowler in history across all formats. Um, uh, but you're right, Lahiru Kumara bowled as quick and had as much of an impact as Stark Hazelwood or Cummins. He was bowling mm -hmm. serious pace. And he arguably is consistently the most uh, the fastest bowler Sri Lanka have had, maybe ever, yeah. may, but definitely in recent years. And he was getting the ball to really bounce. And uh, yeah, it was like test match cricket at the WACA, the way it used to be. Um, and, and, and yeah, and Tikshana started beautifully in the first two overs. And Australia weren't going anywhere. Like I said, 44 yeah. balls for the first boundary, which was Mitchell Marsh hit a four and then a six. And then he got dropped. Uh, then you look. Then you thought maybe it's a Mitchell Marsh kind of day, mm. um, and then well, he, he got he out. got dropped. He got dropped before he hit those boundaries because That's he, true. he got he that gets is true. he gets dropped in the Dunajaya over. And and up until this point, he has only played with his thigh pad. He hasn't hit one with the bat. <laughs> Can't hit the quicks. Gets dropped off Dunajaya. Lumps a couple, the four and the six off uh, one into Hasaranga, and then gets caught off the next Dunajaya over. So he's out for seventeen off seventeen. Hasn't really helped the run rate. And I mean, they're in some strife at this point. They're sixty for two. They're in the ninth over, so they're getting close to the halfway point. Um, they're nowhere near halfway through the runs. And then in walks Glenn Maxwell, faces a couple of balls from Dunajaya, hits one of them oh. for four. Gets on strike in the Hasaranga over and goes, what, two, two sixes, two fours in the over? Ends yeah, up, yeah. by the end of the over, he faces five balls of it. He's got 22 off six balls. Yeah. And suddenly, I mean, that's changed the complexion of the, the match again. You know, you think, well, he's broken the back of it in the space of an over, essentially. And this it was smart captaincy, right? Because, I mean, teams know that Glenn Maxwell against short, mm. fast bowling can't score as quickly. I mean, he's devastating against spin, and and that's his <clears throat> that's his KPI almost as a yeah. as a batter in the middle overs of T20s when so many players get tied down by spin. Maxwell can come in and hit spin like that. So smart move from Dustin Chanaka to bring Kamara back, and and he says just bowl as fast as you can at the body, bashes him in the gloves, and then that horrible blow that hit him in the the side of the neck. 
Yeah, and, and for a second, it was scary. Um, just the way Glenn Maxwell reacted, um, he turned his head and chucked his helmet away. And uh, especially when uh, Kusal Mendes, the wicketkeeper, ran up to him and he got to him before Finch could. He, Kusal Mendes immediately started, you know, asking for the physio and the doctor and Aaron Finch did that as well. So and from where we were sitting, we couldn't, we, like his back was turned to us. So I wasn't sure whether, you know, there was blood or you couldn't make out which part of his face had been hit. And because they weren't mm. showing it on camera on the big screen. I don't know whether they were showing it on TV. Uh, so there was a, a lot of question marks about what was happening. Um, so you thought it was much more serious. Thankfully, it wasn't. The physio came out and checked him and all that. And he was fine. But he was clearly rattled, as he, you would be. Uh, you know, back-to-back blows and a blow like that. Again, goes to show how quick Kumara was bowling and how much... Sri Lanka missed Binura Fernando, like who just picked up his luggage, took the, got into the cab and went off uh, to his um, Ibis <laughs> Hotel, I'm going to say. Uh, so <laughs> Straightforward, just does the job. Nothing fancy, just... Uh... Nothing fancy, yeah, I know. It's just uh, he's going to just go in there to get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at that point, yeah, Maxwell gets rattled. Uh, then Chamika Karuna Ratna, my star boy, as you know, <laughs> bowls this slow ball. It just sticks into the pitch and Maxwell plays a shot. And, and there was something ridiculous about that as well, right? The previous ball, the only reason Aaron Finch was, sorry, Glenn Maxwell was on strike is the previous ball, Aaron Finch, in his many attempts to break free and maybe even try to get out, hits one up in the air. Um, the substitute fielder drops the catch. Uh, it was a tough catch, all right, uh, uh, Ashin Bandara. As a result, Glenn Maxwell gets on strike. Chamika Karunaratna bowls this lower ball. And Glenn Maxwell gets hold of it. Uh, but mm. there, there is the same fielder, Rashan Bandara, again on the boundary. Takes a brilliant catch. One of those balanced catches. Like, that's over mm-hmm. his head and just about keeps himself um, yep. with, within the ropes. Uh, and Maxwell's gone. Karunaratna is celebrating like he's just knocked his middle stump out of the crowd. It was quite a celebration. Yeah. He was wow. pointing at I, I, it was a hell of a shot. I mean, he he got every piece of it. He hits this flat, you know, seventy five odd meter ball out to deep mid wicket, and you've got Bandara hovering on the boundary rope. I mean, I said in my match report, it was like he was on point, like a ballerina. He was literally on his toes because yeah. his heels were hovering over the boundary rope, and he knew yeah. that if he put his foot back, like it's... Trent Bolt in in the World Cup yeah. final, he'd step on the rope and concede six. And he somehow held the pose. He stood up there on his toes for long enough that. He could get his balance and step away from the rope. It was an extraordinary bit of um, balance and poise, especially from someone who's dropped the catch the previous ball. Yeah, I think that's the point. It was one of the greatest recoveries ever in cricket, like, you know, to have dropped a catch like that, which he would have backed himself to take, and then to pull it off the next ball. Like, you know, people talk about, oh, putting the uh, mistake to the back of your mind, but that's like the best example you'll ever find, especially on the field when it comes to catching. Um, and at this point, again, you feel like, oh, you're down to, you know, now Marcus Toynis, Tim David, and Matthew Wade. Uh, but also the fact that Aaron Finch is just not getting the ball away. So where do Australia go? Uh, yes, Glenn Maxwell has given them some sort of fillip, because at that point, they needed over 10 and over when Maxwell walked in. At least now it's down to eight, eight-ish, or closer to nine. And then Marcus Toynis happens. Like, you know, he just turns into the Hulk mm. um, and plays like an extraordinary innings. I mean, when you mm. think about it, the fastest 50 for Australia in any format. Uh, I think because of the almost the weirdly uh, 
understated feel of this match and the crowd like i think it played optus stadium as you know is a massive stadium it's like it looks even bigger than it is and because there was so many empty seats for a home uh, world cup match for australia which kind of strange, it could be a variety of reasons uh, 7 pm start weekday i don't know what the reasons were uh, it just it just looked a little flat like because of the crowd um so it might the essence of the innings might get lost because of that mm. or even the importance but it was just a breathtaking assault which lasted literally just two overs poor hasaranga mm. once again just taken to the cleaners what going for 50 runs in three overs um and then he you know smashed tikshana as well for a couple of sixes or three sixes in that over and that was it match over like you know bizarre match mm. comes to a bizarre end Well, but I throw in the fact that in the first over that Stoinis is out there, he looks very uncomfortable. He's facing Dustin Shanika, who's bowling pretty quick at him. Yeah. He gets an inside edge through fine leg for four, outside edge past the keeper for four, and he's again he's he's playing with the edge like everybody else. And then he faces spin in the next over and just goes to town. Cuts Hasaranga, who goes for fifty-three off three overs, um, and then three sixes off Mahesh Dikshana, including a cover drive six. You know the, that extra cover special that Stoinis can produce these days. Mm. And then that's pretty much it. You know, Kamara comes back for a go, but he bowls a slower ball, and Stoinis pummels that for six. Fifty-three off seventeen balls. You know, hits that last six and ends up with fifty-nine off eighteen. Wins the game. in a canter they do it in 16.3 overs which means the net run rate's vastly improved and they end up with 158 for 3 so like you said on the scoreboard it looks straightforward um and and on the field it was a much harder tussle than than it would seem from the numbers um the, i mean plenty of things that we've talked about that could have all been in the hall of fame for the our, our favorite moment of the day uh, hall of fame's brought to you by Cbus Industry Super Fund uh, they've got 850,000 members They look after a lot of people uh, in their retirements, so you know past performance not a reliable indicator of future performance. But uh, yeah, go and go and have a look at Seabus and see what they can do for you. I think just that whole passage of play with Glenn Maxwell, and it's maybe not surprising that I would say that, but that's my Hall of Fame to come out to hit twenty-two off six, and then to cop that fastball barrage, um, and to have to find a way to negotiate it and play it, and then to recompose himself, and then to play an absolutely brilliant shot that he six on most grounds in the world like you don't find a lot of 75 meter boundaries mm. um in in smaller grounds in other places and then to fall to such a, a wonderfully and bizarrely athletic piece of fielding it mm. was it was an entire journey in the space of about 12 deliveries um, and and I I lived and breathed every one of them Yeah, I mean that's a great nomination, and yeah, but that innings kind of got overshadowed by the Marcus Thornis assault. But yeah, it, it, that's the innings that really, uh, not just in 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 today's uh, game, but for Australia's World Cup campaign, they needed that. And I think uh, even Marcus Thornis spoke about it. Uh, he didn't he didn't say that the dressing room was flat, but they needed something to lift themselves up after that really shoddy display against New Zealand. and it came via glen maxwell i mean who but glen maxwell right especially with finch struggling at the other end and then stoinis kind of carried it through and uh, smashed it at home uh, a couple of nominations for me not the first one's not so much a nomination as the fact that after all that it was aaron finch who got the winning runs right and then he starts like bowing to marcus stoinis because of what stoinis <laughs> had done and you should have seen him like as aaron finch was like 
uh, first he finished like you know shaking hands with the Sri Lankans, but as you're shaking hands with his own teammates, they, they he looked so embarrassed about it, and he's so sheepish, and like all of them were like you know just ruffling his hair or putting an arm around him, like so, which also kind of tells you all this talk of like is this should this innings decide Pat Finch's career or and all that. Uh, there's still such love for him in that team. Like I think every anyone who's played cricket at any level has sort of at some level been through a day like that like you know especially with the bat you felt for him you felt for him uh, at, at times when he was just throwing up his hand asking richard illingworth if he had any ideas as to how he could lay bat on ball or he the times he shouted like you know oh why can't i just stand this ball uh, but another uh, nomination for me and this is something that i just spotted and i kind of found cute and funny uh, I, I i can't be certain that this was the case, but this is what it looked like. So every time Steve Smith and Kane Richardson ran out onto the field to get give drinks, and you know Steve Smith clearly hasn't played a game in this World Cup, the competitive juices are flowing, so he needed something. So it, <laughs> it was very funny knowing Steve Smith uh, and the like, and how we've seen him over the years. So every time they would run off into the dressing room, clearly Steve Smith was running like he was in a race. And as soon as he would reach the dugout, there was this sense of elation. But Kane Richardson like was not participating in the race. So I don't know who the race was against, but he just was very insistent that there was a run race or a running race on. So I just found it cute more than um, you know anything. All right. Well, I like it. That's the kind of thing that you do pick up at the ground that we don't pick up on the screen, which is why we always like to be at the games when we can. Uh, we'll. Adam and I will be at the MCG tomorrow for the World Cup Daily Day 11. And we'll keep on rolling on through the tournament. The Jeff Lemon, Barrett Cinderace, and final word World Cup Daily. See you next time. I had to go.